0: My name is Jamie O'Connor, founder of Inspired Focus Digital. And if you want to learn to define your best life and have the courage to live it, you should be listening to the More Than Corporate Podcast with my friend, Amber Furman.
1: Welcome to the More Than Corporate Podcast. I'm Amber Furman, recovering perfectionist and serial accomplisher. If you're anything like I used to be, You've been living your life thinking that if you accomplish enough stuff, you'll finally find the success you've always wanted. But what if it's not about accomplishing more stuff? What if it's about accomplishing the right stuff? I believe you don't find success. You create it by intentionally designing the life you want and having the courage to get out of your comfort zone to live your design. I went from doing what I was supposed to do to doing what I love to do, and now I get to help others do the same. Keep listening as I chat with inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day and learn how you too can live the life you've always wanted. Welcome back to another episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. I am super excited to be here again with PodMax for the sixth time. You guys hear me talk about this a ton, and I just love the connections that I get to make when I'm at this event, and today is no different. I have an amazing guest to bring to you today, Ms. Jamie O'Connor with Inspired Focus Digital. She is a digital strategy nerd who is dedicated to helping brands understand their growth opportunities in the digital landscape her windy path to building Inspired Focus Digital has included selling scrunchies in the fourth grade, a grocery delivery business, a social enterprise that bled itself dry, and an event operations company. She's also built marketing teams at venture-backed organizations and bootstrapped products, brands that achieved six times growth and eight-figure success. She's worked with major organizations like the NFL, NCAA, USA Cycling, and growing brands like Pro Challenge, Silpint. Happy Hairbrush and Savor Beauty. She is on a mission to educate up and coming brands with the knowledge they need to level up and play in the professional arena. I am really excited for you to hear from Jamie. Really quickly, before we do, if you or someone you know has ever said the words, I'll be happy when, if you need to just keep losing weight, working hard, building my career, whatever goes there, and then I'll be happy. If you've ever felt like you've done everything you're supposed to do and life isn't turning out the way that you expected it, then the Define Your Life Mastermind is for you. The most powerful question anybody ever asked me is, what does success mean to you? As I've explored this topic on my podcast and with my coaching clients, it's become clear that most people do not ask this question enough. The Define Your Life Mastermind is designed to help you get clear on what success means, what a well-rounded life looks like, and what your best life feels like. Once you know that, you can build a business that fits into your life and surround yourself with people who give you the courage to step out of your comfort zone and live your vision. If this sounds like something that you or someone you know needs in their life, head over to defineyourlife.morethancorporate.com for more information and to schedule a call to see if we are a good fit to work together. Without further ado, let's jump into this interview with Jamie. Jamie, how are you today? I'm great. I'm so excited to be here with you. I am so excited to have you. So let's um, talk about digital marketing for just a second. You obviously have this long history of entrepreneurial journeys that led you here. Mm. Why digital marketing? What brought you into that world?
0: Oh, that's actually a loaded question in so many ways (laughs) um, because I think there's a couple different prongs to what brought me here. There's the very rational prong of I started what I needed when I had my previous businesses or when I was working um, as marketing director at other businesses and I couldn't find the right partner. So there's that, but there's the deeper reason. And It's funny because a mentor of mine, when I was about three or four months into having left my job and fully jumping into this, she said, you know, you told me you were gonna do this in 2013. And I I started the business in 2018. So I did not remember that I told her that, um, nor did I remember that an agency, a marketing agency was even something I was considering. And it was because I wanted to build a business that I could do from anywhere. I wanted to build a business that would support my family and my life and my lifestyle and a huge part of who I am and passions that I have are traveling. And I always felt in prison sitting in a chair at a desk from nine to five working from someone else telling me what to do that i usually didn't think was the right thing to do so this is something that has actually been manifesting and in the making for a really long time um and it's the first business i've had in a long time i did i did have really good inflow experiences uh, with the grocery delivery business, which is funny, and um, and and with the event management, and then I went through a really difficult time losing everything, basically, um, prior to that. And this has grown faster than I ever imagined it would, and I've been able to help more businesses than I ever imagined I could. And I think a huge part of that is that I started it with very clear intentions of what it was going to do to serve my life. So
1: I love that. And, you know, one of the most, important things that I heard as I was starting to make the changes that I made in my life was I wish that people would stop focusing on their career and -hmm. instead start focusing on their life and the life that they want to have and figure out what gets them there. So that popped into my head when you were talking about wanting to build a business that you could do from anywhere, knowing who you are and what's important to you and that traveling is something that you value and you want to keep. And how can you live your passion and also keep those things? And I feel like that's a conversation that's just missing for most entrepreneurs.
0: Totally. And it's, it's, I mean, it's funny because I say those things and it's totally true. My husband and I backpacked. well, I wouldn't say backpack because it was like, we called it our honeymoon anniversary. Um, (laughs) So we did not stay in hostels, but we went through Thailand for a month last year in April, and I was able to work the whole time while enjoying that trip. So This business has served me there, but I am also an entrepreneur to my core. And I struggle with choosing joy and choosing to do those things over working on my business, even though I – would rather be doing those things. I'd rather be going on a hike with my dogs and my, my baby and my husband than working on my business. And a lot of and that's one of the things I'm actually actively working on myself right now, because I have a team that is doing amazing things and fulfilling incredibly for my clients now. And I don't have to be in the business constantly all day, every day, but it's ingrained in us. It's like we, we make these choices of that we have to, or we feel guilty or the thing or something that keeps us um, a little bit chained. It's funny. My husband always jokes that, and I, this is not his joke. It's something that everybody Says about entrepreneurs, but we're the only people who choose to quit a forty-hour-a-week job to work eighty hours a week. <laughs> yes, yes,
1: I love that, and I hear it so much. You know, we we're we're the only people that choose. Um, Eighty hours a week for ourselves instead of forty hours a week for someone else, and it's so true. Um, When I have these conversations with with people that I'm networking with or re-entering the awful dating world that exists right now, (laughs) and they're like, "When are you off?" and I'm like, "Whenever I'm not working, like that's when I'm off, and I I work until I don't, and then, and and I think that balance that you're talking about is so important. Mm -hmm. of Being able to step away. You said that you're an entrepreneur to your core. What do you think are the qualities that are important in having that that belief that you're just an entrepreneur to your core?
0: Grit. (laughs) Yeah. Resiliency. Um. I mean, I think about that all the time when people are getting into it, and I'm like, Do you really want to do that? Is that really a good idea? But and I love it. I would. I. I am now officially unemployable. I am positive. I, through, you know, my different paths have ended up going back to work in different times. I finally feel like I have the true confidence that even if something were to happen with this business, which I have set myself up for success, I have cash on hand to be able to get through times, pay payroll. I've done all of those things and worked really hard to make that happen. But I feel confident that if this doesn't work or something falls apart, I can move into something else and I don't have to go back and work for somebody else. Um, But I mean, grit and resiliency because it's hard. It's really hard. And the ability to focus on what you have and gratitude and mindfulness, those are qualities we don't talk about in entrepreneurship. We talk about grit and resiliency. That's something that you hear about a lot, but the reality is um, th- what has gotten me through the hardest times is the ability to look inward and do that work and focus on those things to be able to get, th- to have the grit, to have the resiliency, to be able to get through it.
1: Yeah, I love it. So let me ask you this question because I hear this debate all the time. Do you think that entrepreneurism is something that you're born to do or something that you learn to do? <sighs>
0: I that that's a question that's really interesting. I've never been asked that. I, I joke that I was born with it in my blood. So I probably lean towards the side of being born with it. Um, I also was raised in an entrepreneurial family. So it's, you know, it was talked about in the dinner table and I, he went after school to be the front desk girl at my dad's business that he's now had for 20 years. That was like his fourth attempt at making a business. But when I was 15 years old, and so that is a little bit of nurture. I was raised in that environment. So I may not have been born with it, but I was certainly born into an entrepreneurial family. Um, and I would say me and my sisters are all somewhat entrepreneurial. I'm the only one who has taken the complete path of building from scratch. My sister now runs my dad's company. My other sister has worked for many startups and has a lot of brilliant ideas. I think she's going to probably be on that path eventually herself. Um, But yeah, so I would, I would go with born, I think.
1: Yeah. I, I go back and forth to be honest with you, because I, I think that the grit and the resiliency are qualities that you have or you don't, right? Yeah. Like um there's this need to nurture those, but you either have them or you don't. And there are people who shouldn't be in the entrepreneurial space and that's okay. And there are people who should be that aren't because they're scared. So I go back and forth to where I think that there is so much that you can learn. And I believe that you can learn to be an entrepreneur, but that willingness to stand on the edge of failure that willingness to face the fact that this might not work out and that that's okay. You're going to try it anyways. I think that's something that is inherently like in your, in your genetic DNA.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And I I think it's a, it's something that, um, I think there are things you can learn, but he, one of the biggest things is the ability to see the failures as the lessons for what 's going to happen next and 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 the failures and the really difficult times as okay, something really amazing is going to happen on the other side and it's a it's a really specific type of mindset that you need to have as an entrepreneur to be successful, and I do think that that's something that you can learn, but if you haven't done that regularly over and over and practice it a lot of your life, it's a really hard thing to get into. Yeah,
1: I I definitely agree with that. Um, I I also think that, you know, like like I said, there are people that are in this corporate space that um, Mm -hmm. should be entrepreneurs, right? But they've been taking risks their entire life. So it doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. at at risk in the actual business sense, right? You just meet people and you're like, you know, that they're not afraid to fail. You know, that they're not afraid of a lack of security in other areas of their life. And yet they've done what they think they're supposed to do their entire Mm -hmm. career. Um, so it's just such an interesting conversation for me because I get so many different answers, um, from, you know, you're born you have, you have the the school of thought that's like, oh, you come out of the womb and you're an entrepreneur. You're, like, yeah. you're unemployable. You're like, you're eight years old and you just, you can't shut up in school. And then you have others that are like, no, I learned to be an entrepreneur at 40. And I just love seeing how those schools of thought come together for people.
0: You know, it's interesting, a really good example of that. And this is getting a l- little bit out of left field, but my... Um, my stepdad is such an interesting one because he worked in the corporate environment forever. I mean, he was like head of HR at big organizations like McDonald's and Sarah Lee and University of Chicago. And, and he retired and started consulting at like 63 and now he's thriving and it's so interesting and amazing to see. And he was so scared of it. Um, And my mom was the one who was like, no, you got to do this. This is something you have to do. Um, And now he's loving it. It's so, and it is so interesting to, to see that there is that opportunity. There is that ability to take those steps at very, like various times in your life. I, and I'm young, I'm 35. And I have this successful business. It's my fourth business. I've been an entrepreneur off and on for years, but I struggled with this like sexy glamour entrepreneurship yes. thing. And the fact that I was 27 and I wasn't a millionaire because I was an entrepreneur. And like, why haven't I done what everyone <laughs> else has done? And that's ridiculous. Like, yeah, I, I you know, I actually, Gary V talks about that a lot. Like, you can do this at any time. You can follow your passion and like make it happen. There's never a time that's actually too late, except for maybe like on your deathbed.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, you know, it's so interesting that you say that. I love that you brought up Gary V. Love Gary V. Love what he (laughs) talks about. Um, but this idea that, um, we just get to wake up to, our greatness at any point in time that we want in our life, that we get to step into who we're supposed to be. And when you tell this story with your stepdad, it's so great because of the outside influence and the outside support. And that's why I love events like the one that we're at now with PodMax and um, networking just in general is because every single time I meet someone at these events, they show me a perspective of life or business um, or relationships or happiness or whatever it is that I've never thought of before and Mm -hmm. get to expand that perception. And this is such a huge part of what we do as entrepreneurs is constantly questioning what our direction is what our belief is what our values are and making sure that we're still moving in the direction we want to move in
0: it's so true it's interesting for me because in this business today i get to work with so many amazing entrepreneurs and a lot of the ones i'm working with today you know have accomplished they, they are successful in business, but they're still micro businesses. You know, they're, they're on that high edge of six figures or seven figures and they're, they're doing well, but they're still grappling with so many of these same things. You know, they, they've achieved milestones that a, a lot of, I know I've experienced of looking at those milestones and being like, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to get there? Um, and I've been lucky to start to achieve some of those now, but a lot of these entrepreneurs who we from the outside can look at and they are a beacon of success in a small business are grappling with a lot of these same things and i um, I feel really lucky that I get to have those conversations it's it 's interesting for me because you know on the surface we 're a marketing agency that does facebook ads and and a little bit of youtube and and google ads but One of the reasons I started this business the way I started it was because I couldn't find in when I had my e-commerce business and then when I was running marketing at a small but very, very quickly growing company, I couldn't find a partner that met me on my level and understood both like my own mental challenges and also the operational constraints that I was going to and like the financial struggles I was going through. And, you know, I was I was hiring these marketing agencies that weren't meeting me on a strategic level that I needed to to feel supported in my roles, whether that was being responsible for all the marketing at a small company or running the company myself. And so I really decided that I wanted to bring in that, really personal factor, that consultative factor where they feel like whether it's the business owner or the marketing director, that they have someone to have those conversations with and work through those challenges because that affects their growth. It affects how they're going to do in their advertising. It affects their ability to get on the camera and do the videos we need for their ads. It affects all of those things.
1: Yeah, it's so true. And I want to jump in, in just a second to the growth that you've had, because I think that it's so many people listen to a bio where we talk about having clients like um, the NCAA, having clients like the NFL, and they think, holy crap, that's fantastic. And similar to what you're talking about now, we don't always dig into the years that went into getting to that point where you could get those clients, right? Um, But- Before we jump into that, you mentioned something about that person who isn't stepping into what they need to step into to give you what you need, the videos, the Mm -hmm. blogs, all of that stuff. How do you, from a mindset level, kind of work around those constraints with your clients? How do you get them to overcome those so that you can get the content you need? Do you have any tools that you use with your clients for that purpose?
0: Well, oftentimes it's a conversation that happens right at the beginning of what do they really want? Because those, if you really, if you do really want to achieve certain goals, you have to push through that comfort zone. And I empathize. I go through it all the time myself um, and really sometimes struggle with, being the person to put out the content and do those things especially in my industry because there's so many gurus out there that present themselves as as knowing everything and being the answer and I don't I don't want to be put in the same category as them so I I have my own things around creating this content that I can empathize and have the conversation but I also know and I've had the experience of when i choose to move through my discomfort of that the amazing opportunity and growth that happens on the other side so if this is something you want if this is something you want to see in your own business it's something we have to work through i also have found i you know pro- providing the foundations that they need providing the um guides like these are literally the exact answers you need to answer. And this is the very simple things that you can do to make this easy, to provide little stepping stones to get there um, helps because it takes away the excuse because the, the main excuse I hear is I don't know what content to create. Well, I've taken that away for you. So let's what's actually happening and you, and, And it's really a matter of just doing it, taking one step at a time. And you're going to look back on your first Facebook Live and be like, oh, that was cringy. (laughs) But we all do. You know, we all do. Even Gary Vee's original ones were cringy. And, you know, it's kind of funny when he goes and shares them, like, look how far I've come. Everyone experiences that. No one steps into this and is immediately really good at it. But if you don't do it, you're never going to get to the point where you have the things you need to, to take it to the next level.
1: Yeah, that's, that's super powerful, especially with taking away the excuses, because that is something that we hear so much of. I just don't even know where to start. And then you have that person and I raise my hand. I'm that person that goes out and buys like every content guide they can possibly get for social media. Right. And then you're still like, I don't know what to post. And you have like, I bought one that was like two years of social media content. And I'm like, but what do I post? And I have two years of social media content. So the problem's never the problem, right? There's always something else. Down there, um, and I, I love, I love that that whole conversation.
0: I would actually add one thing that something you just said sparked in me, but is you really have to get comfortable with yourself.
1: Because the
0: reality is that your authenticity is actually what sells. Your authenticity and, and businesses can be authentic too and have authenticity. It doesn't just have to be the founder. There's ways to like build that authenticity in. And I had a coach tell me once, and this is a really resonated with me is that All of our industries are saturated there, you know, to some extent, but if we focus on the abundance mindset and we focus on the fact that people choose to work with you because you resonate with them and you know, I could go choose to work with any one of a dozen coaches, but I chose her because she is blunt and straightforward and tells it like it is. And that is the personality she puts out in her content, in her writing, in her videos. And it resonated with me. So I chose to pay her. Um, And that is like being yourself and just being out there and making the mistakes and stumbling over your words when you do is okay because that authenticity is what somebody is going to resonate with.
1: Yeah. I love that so much. And let's take down another rabbit hole really quick. Cause that's, that should be like the name on my podcast is the rabbit hole podcast. Cause I feel oh like I've never really has a name. plan. Right. <laughs> um, so for so long, and I feel like we're finally getting away from this, but for so long, the school of thought was your personal life and your business life are separate. Mm -hmm. You don't talk about your personal life on your business page, your business, you don't talk about your business on your personal page. And that's obviously changing. And now there's this idea of a personal brand, right? Mm -hmm. And building Who you are. So, we have this entrepreneurial journey where sometimes you bounce from industry to industry. I'm an attorney and a business coach. Like, those two things seem so different. There's so many people out there who have six or seven different industries and income streams. How do you build that personal brand that bleeds into each one of those industries? So, you're staying consistent in the brand that you're putting out for you and also marketing each business individually. What's the advice you have for that?
0: Well, honestly, I, I think that there is always a common thread. If you're choosing to be in those places, there's a common thread. And a lot of entrepreneurs do make the mistake of like trying too hard to be in different areas. And I personally think that's out of fear that they're gonna alienate one area over the other and they're not willing to say this is what I am and what I do um, So the things that you you are passionate about, there's typically a common thread. but I think you kind of have to look at both sides you know, are you actually cutting off your nose to spite your face because you're trying to do too many things at once, and you really should be focusing into one area? And this is obviously on the business side. I I think that there's a really strong way that, in a personal brand perspective, we can loop in our personal stories and then relate it back. Uh, one example I have is um, when I was traveling in Thailand last year with my husband, um, we had really wanted to take motorbikes up to from Chiang Mai to Pai. And it's the windiest road in the world, supposedly 763 hairpin turns. Well, I crashed a scooter when I was 15 and had a really traumatic experience. And I got onto this like small motorbike and I had a complete anxiety attack. I just, came, I, I nearly broke down. And the thoughts went through my head of like, just turn around, just go back, just take the bus. Like, you can't do this. You shouldn't be doing this. All of those things. And I pushed through and I pushed through to various different points. And I wrote this whole journey um, on LinkedIn and I wrote a post about it and I was able to relate it back to entrepreneurial journey because those things that were going through my head are the same things that go through my head when I'm deciding to step out into something bigger and the next level and whatever I'm doing in my entrepreneurial journey. So we can take those personal experiences and weave them in. I do think that there should be a boundary. There should be a place where you know, you're not, you're not seeing bath time pictures of my six month old on my page, you know, like, and unless maybe I could relate some story back to it and I can weave it in, but you have to be intentional with your personal brand because, um, and I relate this a little bit back to, I love Brene Brown and she talks about like your circle. Like there are the people you are brave and courageous with that you can trust. And you, and I think that same thing exists in deciding what to share in a marketing perspective on a personal brand page, because um, we see it with influencers all the time, right? They, they get into this place where like, it's turning into their self-worth and you have to be so careful in, in doing that.
1: Yeah. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because where Brene Brown, by the way, she's like my my person. I love her. She's where my journey started. I love her. But um, when she talks about the fact that like closing yourself off and not being vulnerable at all and sharing everything with everyone, they're the same problem showing up yeah. in two different ways, right? Like totally. over vulnerability is not vulnerability. It's mm-hmm. trying to be everything to everyone and like talking your self-worth to what other people think of you. So I love that you, that you brought that into it. Do you still believe in the social media world that there is a place for a business page and a personal page?
0: Totally. So I have, I have a personal brand page, um, that I'm not that active on and I need to be, <laughs> I, I don't always do what I preach to my clients, but it's not, it's not my method of getting, um, clients right now. It actually probably will be with some of the things that I'm starting in the next year or so. Um, but I also have my inspired focus digital page and I, you can see almost like through the levels of my business page where I really focus on value-based, tactical things that can help entrepreneurs. And then when you get into my personal brand page, you start to see a little bit more of like my personal entrepreneurial journey, my experiences, these kinds of stories of like relating some personal experiences back. And then you get to my personal page, which I do actually use occasionally. I have two posts, maybe even three posts recently that talk about pieces of either digital marketing or I had a really cringy experience hiring recently, like things like that I do talk about, but I also share my personal life there. So I think that there's, there's levels in what you, what you can and, and should do on each one of those.
1: So here's what's coming to my mind and I'm so sorry, my brain works in so weird ways. So I failed sixth grade art and I failed sixth grade art because I couldn't shade, right? Because my entire life, I'm like this black and white person, right? And so I have these like dark lines and these dark boundaries in between where I'm supposed to be shading and it looked awful. And my sixth grade art teacher was like a college professor in another life and couldn't separate like college art from sixth grade art. So anyways, you're talking about this and I'm seeing like flashbacks to not being able to shade because something in uh, something that's run through my life is, you know, where do... My, Because you're right, there is a common thread between attorney and business coach. So where does attorney meet Amber, the business coach, meet Amber, the person? And I'm seeing this shading, right? Like this really dark over here with the attorney and getting a little bit lighter. And then it meets with the business coach and then shading again into the personal and it all blending together. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, crap, it's sixth grade art all over again. No wonder I suck at this.
0: Well, I'm just going to tell you right now that that story right there is the perfect story. To put up on your personal <laughs> <script> page <laughs> and well, you. your personal page, <laughs> and and like what a relatable story, right? Like we 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 all experience things like that in school, and you can say like this was an issue I had, and it's something I'm I'm dealing with in marketing my businesses in different ways, and this is how I'm relating it back, and this is kind of how I'm working on it. And if you want to work on those things too, reach out to me because we can work on that together.
1: See, and this is why people should <laughs> reach out to you for personal brand or for marketing. So, I want to dig into your journey a little bit more. We are sadly coming towards the tail end of our <laughs> conversation, and that makes me so sad. But um, you have these massive clients, you have this, this kind of sports world that you work with in the NFL. Well- Double-O-O.
0: I it was actually so those clients were my event management clients. Oh, okay, Very that's cool. where I got to then. Um, in in that part of my journey, um, I got amazing opportunities to so, do yeah. event management at the Super Bowl. I've chosen yeah, now to work on the um yeah, that experience actually is is a huge reason why today I choose to work with the businesses that have found a lot of success, are in that high six-figure, seven-figure range, but are not huge corporate clients. They have this ability to mold. They're going through some gritty stuff and they need a strategic partner to help move them forward.
1: I love it. So um, as we talk about getting whatever your ideal client is um, and you land that client and you think, holy crap, like I've been working so hard for this. What are the action steps that were put in place that people don't see? So they they see the, the end result. What are the keys to your success in landing those clients?
0: Yeah. It's so interesting because I, even though I had much bigger clients on a scale of like what you see on the outside, I guess, in my event management business. um, I feel so much more successful today in this business and the businesses I work with and the businesses I land as clients. And I have thought a lot about what got me here and what got me here so quickly. You know, I hit six figures in my first six months of building this business. I have seven figure goals for 2021. um, And that so I've, I've had to really look at, especially as I'm, I want to triple my business next year. So what, what does that look like? What got me to where I am today? And the thing that I've really come to is providing value. So, you know, when I very first started in doing this agency and taking on clients, and I guess at that point it wasn't an agency, I didn't have employees. I was freelancing, trying to figure out how I could actually build an agency. Um, I got so many coffees with people and I know it's COVID times right now, but you can do this in other ways. Um, Just having a conversation about the, the knowledge that I had obtained over these years of doing the marketing for myself, for these other businesses, and just giving it away, just giving it away to people in whatever way I could that would help them grow and you know so many business coaches this is like against everything that they ever say but I didn't know my boundaries I knew the place where you needed to start paying me but I wasn't afraid of people stealing my strategies or of um you know getting taken advantage of because I didn't know that boundary and I got so many referrals I got so many people because a half an hour conversation would create so many ahas for them and what they needed to do that it was like anytime they were in another conversation with somebody they're like oh my gosh you have to talk to Jamie and out of it i landed businesses that were doing 3 4 million in revenue pretty quickly um and so that that was probably foundationally the biggest thing and something i've continued to do i i don't go to coffees anymore, not because of COVID, but like in non COVID times, I would probably not be going to coffees with just anybody anymore. I don't have the time to do that, but I am willing to, if you do fit within somebody, I can help. I, I am willing to hop on a zoom call and chat through some things and figure those things out and do that. And so for me, those are the behind the scenes things I was doing all the time. And I was looking for the opportunities to provide value and looking for the opportunities to get in front of people and give away as much of my knowledge as I could. And that set me up for being an expert in the field.
1: I love it. And what you're describing is what true networking is. You know, we hear networking so much and we think, these stuffy networking events where you pay to go and you like get in this room and everybody's throwing business cards at you. But really what you're talking about, finding people, building relationships, providing Mm -hmm. value to them, like that's networking at its core. And I love that you brought that into the success of your business because every person that I've talked to that has the success they want has it because they were willing to network and provide value and show up in a place of service first.
0: I love, and I love what you said, showing up in a place of service. I have a friend, coach, client (laughs) that talks about this. And she says, you know, you have to go into every situation with both intention and objective. And they're two different things. Your intention should always be to serve and provide value. Yeah, you might have the objective of, of getting them as a client, but if your intention is that they get value, no matter what, not like my intention is to sell you then you're going to build amazing relationships. And out of that, you're going to
1: end up getting the sales. I love that. That's one of the best ways I've ever heard it put. So as we wrap up towards the end of this, this is the more than corporate podcast. It's about defining your own idea of success. So I have to ask the question that I ask every guest, what does success mean to you? And how has your definition of success changed throughout your life?
0: Yeah. So for me, um, success is wrapped a little bit around financial freedom and having the ability to choose my time to be able to choose joy whenever I can. I talked about that earlier in this podcast. It's something I struggle with. I'm actually getting a lot closer to the ability to choose that and I have to actually start doing that. Um, so for me, that that's a huge part of, of what success looks like. And I used to be really afraid to put the financial into that you know i think we we hear in so many of these like life coaching type scenarios of like it needs to be a deeper reason why well i don't i don't care about getting wealthy and rich but i care about not having the financial burden and stress so that i can actually enjoy the
1: time with my family I love it. Perfect answer. Um, so I want to do a quick random round, let everybody get to know you a little bit more and put you on the spot a little bit because it's fun. Um, <laughs> and before we do that, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you if they want to continue this conversation and learn totally. more about you?
0: Yeah. Well, so I'm starting these consulting pods next year. And um, before we got on today, I was I was thinking that something I've actually put together for that um, could be a really good foundation for any entrepreneur. So um, I would love to just provide this document that I'm using as a framework. Um, so you people can just, uh, honestly just email me at my personal email, which is Jamie, J-A-I-M-E at inspiredfocusdigital.com. And just say you heard it here and that you're interested in getting that and I will just send it over to you. It's literally a Google doc that is gonna be used in my consulting pods as the foundational framework, so.
1: I love it, I love it. And we'll put that email address in this show notes Perfect. as well. So let's go ahead and do a quick random round. Are you ready? Yeah. yes. Perfect. If you could time travel, where would you go and why?
0: Oh my gosh, time travel. Um, I think, I don't know why this is coming to my mind, but I've always been kind of fascinated by the culture and experiences of the sixties has nothing to do with business. It's just like the culture that existed. I feel like I would, love it. And it would be like, I would want to go to hate Ashbury, like where like this stuff is happening.
1: <laughs> I love it. Um, if you could, you've done so much with your life, you've had so many different, different paths, but if you could have any career other than what you're doing now, what do you think would be fun to attempt?
0: Oh, this is easy. Photographer. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. And that goes it's- so
1: hand in hand with what you do now.
0: Yeah, no, I, it was my dream going out of high school and I kind of gave up on it for reasons I actually believe it will be a business I have at some point.
1: I love it. <laughs> um, books, podcasts, audiobooks. what's your preferred method of consuming content?
0: Um, books is probably my number one. I love to read um, books and audiobooks, books, but um, that's definitely my, my, my go-to. And then podcasts would be second.
1: Awesome. And do you have a resource, a book that has been instrumental in your journey that you think would be beneficial for new entrepreneurs to read?
0: Yes. Profit First. It's like my Bible.
1: <laughs> I love it. And last but not least, because I am a music nerd and this is purely self-driven, what's your pump up song? What can you just not have a bad day if you're listening to?
0: Um, I don't know that I have a specific song actually, but rage against the machine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I love it. Jamie, thank you so much for coming on the show with me. I have really appreciated it. I love our conversation and I am sure that there will be more down the line. Yes, for
0: sure. I would love to continue for sure.